stop triggering me. Oh. This is the kind of thing that they tell you in therapy or they ask you in therapy when you're coping with all of the fallout of uh, the psychological damage that a bad FPL season has done to you. Hello and welcome to episode 6, season 5 of The Three Amigos. I'm your host, Mars, and I'm joined as always by my amigo, Cardi, and my amigo, PJ. Guys, how are we doing? Happy to be here, as always. Um, We're doing fine. It, it was an interesting game week. It was an interesting, interesting game I mean, week. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those game weeks where the, the premium strikers didn't do much. But if you went for the premium strikers and went for the cheap midfielders to allow you to get, to enable you to get the premium strikers, you might have struck lucky, especially if you've got a certain SAR, Flappy. We know you have SAR. You can stop telling us now. And, uh, you know, the, the, also, if you have Livermento or, or Simicast on your bench, it's funny because people started going, oh, I only have nine or ten players. And then you get scores and we're like, whoa, what's going on here? Anyway, as always, let's start with the, with the scores of last week. And uh, in first place is moi. Uh, 59 points. I played my wild card. I'm not disappointed. I'm just a little bit upset. <laughs> uh, no, I um, not, no regrets. Uh, Jesus punt was the right one for me. It just did not work out. Everything else I'm fine with apart from one. And I'm just going to have my right now and let it go. I promise myself. But I had saw on my wild card all the way through. You know how people say, oh, I had this. And I, yeah, we know you had 50 players. We all did. But this is true. Literally, I don't know, on Thursday night, I decided, okay, you know, Wolves attack. I want to swap. Uh, I want to make some moves in game week seven and game week eight, including Chelsea. I don't want to think about Saar playing Liverpool. So let me go with Torore instead. You know, he's good. Uh, look at their shots. and I even looked at the XG. I didn't really. And went with Torore instead. And it was sickening. Honestly, like Saturday, just seeing it through the first goal, I was, I was laughing. Second, I, 13 points. And it makes a huge difference. But like I said, no regrets. And... I've let it go now. Right. In second place was PJ. Yes, thanks, Mars. Um, yeah, not a great game week for any of the Amigos, really. I think uh, just two points separated all three of us. Um, very much in that sea of mediocrity. Uh, and indeed, five of my 15-man squad didn't even register a score or get on the pitch. Marcel, one. Sanchez, one. Alan, two. Jota, three. Um, I was rescued by, yeah, Liveramento, off the bench, and then a late show, particularly from uh, Benarama. Um, obviously, chipping in with an incredibly fortuitous double-digit score at home to Manchester United. But ultimately, ultimately, had I captain Salah instead of Ronaldo, I would have had a decent game week. But I didn't. I got the captain call wrong again. And, you know, we move on and try to forget. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you said you're going to play safe and then you, you go against the, the current with, with with the captain. But to be honest, it wasn't the worst captain uh, captain choice. And, yeah, how Kante and Benrahma got goals awarded to them, I will but never both, understand. Both quite clearly not on target. Like, quite clearly. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was Even... necessary. It was a gift from, like, the FPL gods <laughs> to save our souls because, you know, some of us... Would have been in a very, very scary place. Kante's was even going like wide. But Rahma's got, like, I get it with the shot on target, but you know, consider the keeper. I think De Gea would have caught it with one finger. Yeah. But anyway, you know, look, these, I'm I'm not here to, to, I did sell him, but you know, congrats to those who got the 10 points. I'm not bitter. It's, uh, that's what FPL does. Sometimes it's going to be you. In third place and uh, 57 points, I believe, Kylie. Yep. 57 and to be honest I feel quite fortuitous getting to that because it was very grim we obviously had the rumor situation with Ben Rama and for myself I knew that I was taking a big gamble this week I benched Antonio uh, and played Veltman who was in fact my only like alive option on the bench because I'm otherwise I've got Amate and Scarlett so you know it's getting really grim when you're looking to them hoping for a one minute cameo um and then obviously Trent missed out and it was that 
horror show thought of, oh, God, is Benny actually going to play? Am I going to be down to nine men? You know, with a sea of one-pointers everywhere. Um, I also have Mount, by the way, 45 minutes in two game weeks. Thanks a lot, buddy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Ben Rama and, and Captain Salah and Rafina returned all of my points and – it was a red arrow, but it was one of those where I thought it just could have been a lot worse. And I, I feel like I sort of scraped a, as PJ said, quite mediocre score, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the worst. Look, no, it's not, it's the, not. The, the thing is, there's, there's I had some a good 20 scores. point, like, I mean, let's not forget how I started last season. I know exactly. the depths of, of true yeah. pain in this uh, game. I mean, and the just is so you... strong this season in terms of a score. I mean, we got, you know, 58 points in bygone you'd say yeah that's a decent that's, that's decent, a decent score yeah. on, a, on a week where you know fixtures didn't really kind of necessarily kind of stand out um but but you know now it's a, it's a red arrow unless you get 70 points pretty much it's it's just it's just not slowing down five game weeks in the standard is is absolutely there's right. a lot of high scores yeah. a lot of high scores and you know sometimes well i've been on it pretty much all of the, you know just yeah it it, it look it, it's gonna happen sometimes you're gonna get some big scores you're gonna get you know you said it once i remember you said it will be either 30 or 70 and there are there's people as low as 30 and people as high as as 90 um but just touching on what you said kylie quickly with regards to um ben rahma the rumors and uh one of the double yorkshire pudding as i call them um uh, rafina and, uh, and bamford all of this, like all the hysteria and stuff, sometimes it just shows that nobody knows the full truth. There's there's always no smoke without fire, especially with Rafina. He's, he came off. Ben Rahma also came off, but not as late. Um, and no one can, like, we can't make out everything 100% from the press conference. You just have to go with the best of your, not, of your knowledge and trust certain people from Twitter. But, yeah. Anyway, listen, we are just... <laughs> Even the people we know, we compared to them, we're average. But compared to the top of the Amigos League, we're nothing. PJ, take it away. Thanks, Mars. So the top five reads in fifth place, TBC, Manar S. Number four, Nirvana State, Michael Cahill. Number three, our fallen leader, Big Sam underscore FPL Greenheart, Green Eggs and Sam. And up to number two, FPL Dad, Richard Everson. And our new leader, Adrian Paunch with Ginny, Minnie, Mane, Mo. Love that name, Adrian. And congratulations on being the leader this week. Yeah, and we have to, uh, you know, like, apologize to, to Khairul Azhari uh, because uh, last time um, I just used what PJ said and corrected that as it sounded without looking at the name, but it was quite butchered. And uh, rightly so, he called us out in a funny way, as we always do at the Migos. But yeah, it's uh, Khairul Azahari. So, um, yeah, uh, we're glad you're part of the league. And uh, when you're in the top five, I'll make sure, again, that PJ says the name right. Uh, Right. Um, I did my rant, so I don't have a rant this time. But PJ, you do. So I'll hand it back over to you. Thanks, Mars. Yeah, a small, a small rant. You know, we don't want to don't want to worry people that this is being too serious. But I just wanted to kind of say and I can understand why this is, because ultimately we are. We are FBL accounts. We are indeed recording an FBL podcast. And so we see things through the prism of of FPL. But I'd like to take a moment and appreciate the game that most of us actually fell in love with to begin with, which is ultimately football. And that's why we're all playing FBL. Not everyone. There's a few stats geeks out there who don't seem to have ever watched a football game. But certainly I know the people here and the majority of people listening will have fallen in love with football long before they fell in love with FBL. And I watched three games this weekend. Newcastle versus Leeds on Friday night. And then the Sunday doubleheader of West Ham, Manchester United and Spurs and Chelsea. And they were three absolutely brilliant football matches. And I think the point I wanted to make is that we don't always have to view football through kind of FPL and the kind of highs and lows of that. We don't always have to post judgment the second a match is done. Sometimes we can just appreciate football for what it was. And it doesn't matter if you were too cowardly to buy St Maximum. Just enjoy him because he's an absolute fucking baller and a brilliant footballer to watch. He is. <laughs> you know, it, it just doesn't matter whether you bought him or you were too cowardly and got Bamford like I do. 
It doesn't matter that Lukaku blanked or Mount was dragged off at half-time. I know it does to Kylie, but come on. Why can't we acknowledge an absolute tactical masterclass from Tuchel and add that into our thinking kind of going forward and put our hand up and say, look, OK, Harry Kane is now as useful as a toilet seat in Glasgow, but let's appreciate football. And finally, Manchester United versus West Ham. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. I don't give a flying fuck about whether you think David Moyes made the right decision to substitute Mark Noble on the bench to take a penalty or your views on the five, six, seven, eight incorrect penalty decisions throughout the entire match. Just sit back and soak up what was absolute box office entertainment. This is the beautiful game and sometimes let's just love it for what it is. PJ out. So there was a lot of great points there, but I I have to admit that I'm really stuck on the um, caliber of Glaswegian toilets. After that, I mean, should we ask? <laughs> just just don't go to the toilet out there, Kylie. We're supposed to be visiting there soon. Just leave leave a gap between yourselves. Let's get back to the topic. PJ, I hope you feel better. I could feel the, Thanks, you know, the, the nervous energy coming out. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it was really useful. Um, and I completely agree. I, I loved the Leeds-Newcastle game. And, to, and both teams couldn't defend for Toffee, but it was absolutely brilliant to watch. And, and all the games that I watched as well. Uh, right, guys, we want to talk. So <clears throat> one of our main topics today is looking at budget defenders. So obviously we're all looking for, with premium of plenty, we want to to buy everybody. You need those enablers, those those defenders that will that are cheap but delivering um, either the clean sheet or or even beyond that. There's plenty of them, but there's a couple of teams that we want to touch on um, because they 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 are up there and maybe it's a surprise, maybe it's not. So let's start with Brentford. Another clean sheet away from home. Are they the real deal, Kylie? I know that you are you have looked into the data for us, so take us through it, please. Yeah, okay. So I, I think with them first, we'll sort of set the scene with some of the more impressive plaudits um, and, and then maybe look at a couple of caveats, right? Because there are always a few, particularly this early in the season. Um, so first up, only Chelsea, City and Liverpool have conceded fewer goals than Brentford's two this season. That's one apiece for each of them. Um, those same three are also the only three teams to uh, record more clean sheets than Brentford's three, with four. Only City has conceded less than their 13, and this is joint with Brighton, by the way, so kudos to them, um, but their 13 shots on target. For context here, right, so bearing in mind that's 13 uh, for Brentford, Leeds have conceded 34 shots on target, Newcastle 31 and Norwich 27. So those are the three worst in the league. So it's quite a distinction. Um, Only City and Liverpool have conceded fewer big chances than Brentford. And it's interesting to note, right, that um, the Brentford keeper, how do we say his name? Raya? Raya? Raya. Yeah, Raya. 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 So... He's, he's actually got very low uh, number of saves. I think it's about 11, but he's, like, really far down the list. Um, and I think that's obviously because they've conceded so few chances um, and they've certainly conceded very few attempts in general. So their third fewest total attempts as well, going back to, say, our, our conversations last week about how many attempts and so on. They're joint with Liverpool for that in third, only Wolves who keep deceiving us, and let's not even talk about them, um, and City are better. So on the whole, across the whole spectrum, essentially, of uh, defensive stats that we would look at here, minus our expected data, they look really, really strong. And it's only the actual best teams in the league, the ones that we would argue are in the running to win, are better than them. So that all sounds really exciting and really very fancy, particularly given the fact that, especially given the fact that for me, certainly everything that I had heard about them coming into the Premier League was that um, they were sort of touted to be 
a whipping boy of sort. They had a worse defensive record in the championship than Watford and Norwich. And anyone who's worse than Norwich sounds to me like a delicious sort of scenario for my attacking players. And that, that's obviously not what's happened. Um, that's not what's happened. So the caveats here yeah. obviously are that they've not played any of the top seven teams so far. It's only five game weeks in. So that it's always going to be a small set of data, but it's all that we've got at the moment. Um, another really key point is that none of the teams that they've played are, shall we say, exceptional from an attacking perspective. I mean, two of them, Wolves and Arsenal, are joint worst for goals scored with only two, right? So that bears thinking about. I mean, Wolves obviously. I was actually going to say, I was going to say Wolves and Arsenal are quite attacking teams, and now no. Well, the things, <laughs> the, the thing is that they're both actually really high up the list. Both Arsenal and Wolves. Wolves, especially, I think they're like third overall for attempts, right? So only yeah. City and Liverpool have had more attempts on goal than. Um, than Wolves and Arsenal aren't too far behind that, but they're just really struggling to convert. And then if you look at uh, Brighton, Villa and Palace, who are the other three teams that they've played, you know, they're a bit of a mixed bag across the different attacking metrics, but none of them are setting the world on fire. So, you know, if you, you look at what Brentford are going to be like, it's an expectation management thing. Are they going to be like that against Liverpool? Hard to imagine. Liverpool, are much more attacking. They have 125 attempts so far. We keep talking about how many gazillions they've had. No, they haven't all gone in. But you expect them to be significantly more challenged by these top teams. What I would say is they are really cheap. They have demonstrated in the period that we've seen that they are absolutely capable of keeping clean sheets against the lower-end teams and even the mid-table teams. Will that continue for the season? Who knows? We have a lot more to see, but certainly they look a great buy right now. Pop them in your team. Bench them when they play City. Bench them when Ooh. they play Liverpool. Let's do we have not any names? PJ or Kylie, do we have any any specific players from Brentford that you would recommend apart from the keeper? I mean, they've been pretty consistent. They've had the same back four yeah. Um, yeah. all the way through. Jansen, Pinnock, Asia and Henry. I think, I think Henry, yeah. you know, Jansen is the one that a few people looked at at the beginning of a season and said this is someone who could maybe kind of kick on and adjust and you know he's 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 done well he's done well so far. And I I not I think Pinnock had an assist in the first game and he gets involved in the set pieces. But it's interesting, you know, the reason I ask that is because normally if I ask you about defenders that are returning points in the in the in the fantasy Premier League, you you will tell me straight away. Off the, off, it will roll off the tongue, but we never thought about Brentford. But that's uh, exactly the point, isn't it? Yeah. We, we just never, at no Not, point, did I consider well, we were them. supposed to be these great attackers. Everyone said yeah, exactly. they, they are going to they're going to score a lot, they're going to concede a lot. Actually, they haven't scored very much. They haven't conceded very many. They've been much more like Sheffield United. Yes, exactly that. And I mean. We saw how well Sheffield United did last year. We did brilliantly off of their players. Uh, I mean, obviously, they had a, a keeper who was making a lot of saves, so it's slightly different, these guys. And I think that's a really important thing as well, right, is that often when we're looking at these sort of cheaper teams, they might be getting clean sheets, but they don't necessarily look sustainable. There might be some sort of red flag in the data, you know, that they're particularly vulnerable. You know, they might be keeping clean sheets, for instance, but they're conceding a lot of attempts. And so you think, okay, maybe it's the keeper who's doing really well. No, they look really good. Yeah, okay, they're not playing prolific teams. But at that price, it it's quite an but, easy situation. Yeah, you just need to figure out what their names are. Kay, you said it. Bench them against the big teams. Yeah. What you usually do with your 4.5s or your, you want or your budget defenders. Right? That's what we all want. Exactly. Is who's the predictable team? I want to know when I should bench them. I want to know when I should play them. Yeah. And thus far, that's looking really encouraging. So until a situation comes where they they no longer look to offer us that, I don't think we can question it at that price, especially when people are starting to look at needing premium players. How do I shave a bit off? You know, it, it's, it makes yeah. for a well, viable option. It's, it's, it's why we wanted to discuss Brentford, because I honestly, apart from Tony, hadn't heard about much about them. Obviously, there was some talk about Embuemo, but not any of their defenders. And I, I remember their keeper. Obviously, I... I, I 
people were talking about them when they have uh, when they had Watkins, uh, Tony, and the other guy. The BM, they had uh, the BMW there, etc. The attack, but it's always been about Brentford's attack. Oh, I'm though. <laughs> No, 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 no. The BMW was Watkins, uh, and the, oh, basically yeah. their attack was BMW. I can't remember who the other two are. Uh, uh, ben Rama, sorry, Ben Rahma, Watkins, and one more. It could be Embuemo, but it was that. That's that was their attack. That was what it was known for Brent, uh, in the in the champions uh, in championship, the BMW. Uh, but then Watkins left. Ben Rahma left because he was at Brentford, uh, and I, I don't. Think it was Tony the third one. I think it was somebody else. Um, but my point is, nobody talked about their defenders yet. They're actually delivering good points and quite solid. Uh, and we haven't seen them yet. Let's see. They're coming up against Liverpool. Mm. We haven't seen them get hammered like other teams, like Nor- like a Norwich. That'll be um, a great test, though. So I'm really keen yeah. to actually see them against one of the the more prolific sides. So that I, I feel like we will get a a better gauge and a counterpoint to the other data that we have to really kind of give us a sense of where they do sit um, and what they're capable of if they're playing a really challenging team. I don't necessarily think that Ray is the best pick for a goalkeeper because based on what we're currently seeing, he's not making a lot of saves. But, you know, to be fair, he may make many at Liverpool because it's completely different circumstances. Yeah. But I yeah. think a cheap defender is is a great option to have Definitely. in your squad. Well, okay. Well, the other team that has surprised a few, but some people have jumped on them already, is Arsenal. Two clean sheets in a row. Few people have uh, White for his price or Tierney for his attacking potential. Is this a false dawn or have they turned the corner, PJ? I don't believe it's a false dawn. I think Arsenal underperformed in certainly two of the three earlier games. Um, I think they were unlucky in the one in the middle. They 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 were poor. In, in, in two games and then I think they they kind of went away the international break I think Arteta worked kind of went back to basis you know um, basics rather I think he knew his job was on the line and the fixtures turned and you know we said on the podcast last week or the week before how so far this has very much been a season for the fixtures rather than kind of necessarily the form and it's one of the few things that I'm, I've personally kind of managed to kind of get right is, is that I, I wanted an Arsenal defender from week four and I wasn't put off by kind of their performances in the first three where I expected them to concede goals. I was like, no, they've just got fantastic fixtures from week four really right up to kind of week 10. So I want an Arsenal defender um, and obviously have been rewarded by back-to-back clean sheets. I think both fullbacks, uh, Tierney is obviously a little bit more expensive, is a great option. Um, you know, the new right back whose name I can't possibly pronounce is, is also looks like a really good kind of attacking option. Ben White, I think, is still only 4.4. Very, very solid for a team that, you know, are still going to, I think, keep 10 to 12 clean sheets this season. They've obviously kept two back to back. You know, and the data backs it up. They're not conceding a lot of big chances. Um, they they are a well-organised team. They, they found a little bit of rhythm. You know, they've got Tottenham next, but nothing I see about that Spurs attack so far. He's scored three goals in five games. Um, scares me in particular. So I, I think, yeah, if you haven't got an Arsenal defender, yeah, you could probably survive one more week with a North London derby where, let's be honest, historically anything can happen. But after that, I would definitely be looking to get an, an Arsenal defender in your team. They are, they are so cheap. They are just so cheap for what they are. So, yeah, I think, I think they, are, they are definitely worth keeping. Um, is Tierney not injured? I mean, I know I mean, that like, usually nine times out of ten he is, right? Um, but I'm pretty sure he went off injured. I mean, he often does go off injured and then just seems to appear. He does. Oh, yeah, yeah. He never... I think it was a cramp. So... Oh, that's <laughs> right, actually. So, I haven't yeah. seen. so he's probably okay. But um, I, I do remember thinking, okay, well, that's to be expected. He's definitely, he's, he's on he's on the edge, isn't he? He's one of those players where you just, like, like Marcus Rashford. You know, I'd forgotten about Rashford because obviously he's not yeah. come back. He just seems perpetually injured. <laughs> always yellow. But, but he's always, yellow yeah, always fine. yellow, always available the next week. Yeah. Uh, look, but for, for context, look, listen, uh, I've always said the same thing about Arsenal. You try to play them, they will play you out of the park, unless you're also physical and quite strong. So the top six. And in, for context, they played Norwich and Burnley. Now, the Norwich result doesn't surprise What surprises me is Arsenal only scored one, with respect, hashtag no disrespect to Norwich. 
Now, the Burnley one, away from home, although Arsenal have good record there, I'm quite surprised because you'd expect Burnley to, to you know, to, to, to make it a bit more difficult. They do have Tottenham, Brighton, Brighton who are top in top five, if not top four now in the league. Uh, Palace, we saw how Palace did well at Anfield. I, you know, 3-0 was not, they did not tell the story. Villa, Leicester, and then Watford, then Liverpool. So whilst I, the reason I said Forsberg because I, I do think it's fixtures, and I think for me, if you haven't got already an Arsenal defender, I don't think they're the ones to go to. I think if you don't have a Livermore or if you don't have um, a Brentford, maybe they are better in the longer term than an Arsenal. But but a 4.4 defender that plays for Arsenal is never a bad option. Right, because they they will get some points, they will get some clean sheets. Um, so yeah, that's that's where for me that's where I come at it. Um, so those are the two teams that we wanted to discuss. Now let's switch it back. So we talked about the budget defenders, but everybody's also talking about premium defenders. So we have questions from um, our friend Morpheus. So our friend Morpheus asks. In which game week are Salah or Ronaldo not a viable option as a captaincy rotation pair other than when they play, when Man United play Liverpool? He then, the reason he's asking that is, does this open up a double Chelsea and a Manchester, and a Manchester City defence option? So, triple uh, C at FPL triple. Ronaldo to Lukaku or triple up on Chelsea another way and keep Ronaldo. So, triple up on Chelsea, obviously... He's looking at at least one or two Chelsea defenders. PJ, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you. Can you cover a Lukaku with two Chelsea defenders, and can you cover City City attackers with City defenders? I I think from the data we've seen so far, there is certainly evidence to suggest that might be the case. And I think one of the reasons why it might be worth keeping Ronaldo is is because of just that. We we've not seen anything from Manchester United defenders so far. Shaw has obviously got a couple of assists, but he's getting he's getting towards ex lively status at this point. Um, we we don't seem to like clean, clean sheets. We we went through this phase last season where we concede one goal almost every match, which is just just nonsense from an FPL point of view. Whereas whereas if you look at if you look at Chelsea, who are just defensive machines, it'd be interesting to watch generally from both footballing and FPL perspective at that. that that game, particularly given the Southampton result between City and Chelsea this week. I mean, Chelsea haven't conceded a goal from open play yet this season. They've conceded one goal from a penalty from a handball on the line. Just They just look extraordinarily solid. And there, there is some rotation in there, which is which is frustrating. But I think Rudiger, Aspilicueta and, and arguably Christiansen look pretty nailed. Yeah, you could take a risk with one of the others, particularly Reese James, which we know has a very high ceiling. But there is enough there where I think you can kind of set and forget. And the Chelsea defenders, particularly, um, you know, Rudiger and and Christensen, are, aren't even expensive. City as well. No, they're not. With Diaz and Cancelo. Yes, because they play, particularly Diaz. But Cancelo as well so far this season is quite clearly the first choice left back. Clearly the first choice full back, full stop these guys play we know that the attackers are going to rotate and it's not just that the attackers rotate it's just that City are, are utterly devoid of a talisman they share all those goals around in any game so it's real you know needle in the haystack as who gets to kind of score or assist them whereas their defenders have a benchmark clean sheet over the past three seasons of 18 a season, which is fucking ridiculous. You know, Diaz's benchmark score this season is basically 200 points before you even factor in any assists and goals he might score. You know, it's I said this on the pod last week, how my biggest regret was not getting a Manchester City defender on my wild card. I just feel it was idiotic. And it's something that I will be correcting after the Manchester City-Chelsea game, um, which doesn't mean there's any point doing it before then. But uh, I will be looking to plan a, um, as I save a transfer this week and and then probably do a kind of mini wildcard of three, potentially even four transfers a week after to readjust for that fixture shift. And owning City and Chelsea defenders 
will will be um will will certainly be part of that. So yeah, I emphatically think that's it's a good funny. Tactic. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, but it's funny because we we used to say oh well, well you know the defenders will only get you six points. So yes, it's a guaranteed six points, but the more exciting moves are in the attack. Yet the Chelsea defenders are popping up with goals and assists. Um, Cancelo has a hole in him. Diaz has a goal in him. Look, whilst I agree with you with regards to, to Chelsea, I, th- I do think James and Alonso also have. The fact that we have a Livramento around that you can have on the bench as a first sub, you can gamble with an Alonso or a James if you play three or four, having Livramento as first sub because he can then come on and he's cheap. You can have him on the bench or even the, uh, Ben White for 4.3 or 4.4. There is a lot of rotation. I do think, however, I'm going to break it down. Carly, I'm going to come to you after I finish this. But with regards to Chelsea, for me, when the fixture change... So I didn't buy Lukaku on my wild card. Nor, I'm going with one defender and a Lukaku because I do think Lukaku will hammer the weak defenders, like I said before. I see why people are saying I can uh, replace him with two defenders, of course, but... We gotta remember that. Well, Alonso, James, Thiago. I'm not gonna score in every game. They will pop up here and there. Uh, Kylie, what, what do you think? Do you agree with what I said, or do you think double Chelsea defense and then take us on to City? With your thoughts. So I think theoretically double Chelsea defense is really viable. I, I mean, I, and the the issue does come to two things. One, yes, rotation is a bit of a challenge. Less so, as pointed out, with you know those centre backs. Um, they do seem to be sort of more consistently playing than um, than the full black fullbacks, even though that they have such a high ceiling. It's still individually for each of those defenders. It's not a lot of money. It it does start to be a lot of money, and then you're also weighing up which other ones you want. I mean, I'm assuming you want Trent, right? And and then you want Diaz, um, and then. Are you only going, are you going to have two Chelsea defenders in there and then one sort of Livermento and then you're cutting back elsewhere? It's absolutely something you could do, but there are decisions to be made if you're going to go with that approach. I think a, a, a Trent Rudiger Diaz situation, which is not a cheap defense, but I think something like that is really hard to argue with. And then having some of those cheaper options and, and then going for a bit of balance elsewhere. I'm still undecided on which way I will go. I've always planned to get Lukaku in uh, for that spell. I'm not married to the idea of keeping Ronaldo, uh, but I am going to watch and wait and see how the next couple of weeks go. But I, I absolutely would agree that beyond anything, I know that I want a Chelsea defender and I know that I want a City defender. And, I mean, I was talking about the um, Brentford defense earlier and city i mean we've we've seen despite difficult fixtures how amazing chelsea's defense has looked through the eye test but all of the stats are telling us that city are top of the pile for every metric in defense so i want a piece of that action and i think it's advisable for everyone to be thinking about how to get them in because whether they just get a clean sheet no bonus no attacking returns every game that you have them unlikely because I think that they will get some returns those points pile up as PJ said you know you're looking at a really high baseline of points there um, without having to spend 10 million plus and then the massive risk of rotation and then the massive risk of that person just not getting the goal that day if you go with the attack so I think it's sensible and I do think we have a lot of options in attack that you can, you know, weigh up. So maybe go for the yeah. really sort of stable top three defenses and be done with it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of changes. Funny now, the four or five are back, big at the back is coming back. The discussion because of that. I see it with with City. I agree. I think if you're going to invest, maybe their defense, uh, Diaz or now Cancelo as well, uh, are worth it because you know they're going to play most of the games. Uh, whereas with with because we don't know about their strikers. Uh, whereas with Chelsea, for me, we know Lukaku will play. And in that run of fixtures, I do think um, Lukaku will, 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 will score potentially more than a defender, but with, with a defender, so rather than two defenders. But, you know, I'm not, not arguing against it. I think there's 
yeah, it, it, what's going to be interesting is when Chelsea fixtures change, United fixtures get a little bit harder, but not that hard. So they've got Everton and Villa, which I don't think uh, are the hardest games. Um, will people say Ronaldo for Lukaku as they plan, or do they go? Do they clamper to get both of them? Because you, you can still do a four-four-two with, but then you, and then there's not Antonio, or there's and that's what people are doing. They're letting off Antonio or Bamford or the or the third striker to put more money in defence because the midfielders are not delivering unless they're the cheap ones. So so people are playing either four-three, um, five-three-two or four-three-three. That's what I say. Or sometimes four-four-two. That's how they make it up. So you said, like, you don't see where the money in the defence adds up. So they're losing that third striker. But for me, at the moment, and okay, Bamford has the fixtures. Antonio has the form. Let's see when he comes back. They've got Leeds next. They've got some nice fixtures coming up. Do I wanna? Do I wanna let go yet? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But let's see. Uh, like, like you, Kylie, I'm not married to one idea. I wanna. I want to see what happens. I'm willing to have both of them at some stage. I'm willing to have one. So Lukaku and Ronaldo, I'm willing to have one. I know when I have one, I will be able to invest more in defence. But it's definitely going to be, I think, where we see a lot of splits and no longer template. You'll have four or five players similar, but I think we'll see a lot of um, different teams. So guys, Absolutely. So I was just going to say, yeah. I think that's the thing that we should all be really excited about this season is the fact that there are a lot of options and it's not just a case of, oh, differential sometimes feels almost like a dirty word because you have to kind of go and look at the dregs, you know, to try and find a, a, someone who's viable there. No, your differential can be a premium and they can be an excellent option. It's simply a case that people cannot afford to have everyone and that suddenly makes it very, very interesting in the weeks ahead, particularly as people start to wildcard out of those initial game week one templates that we first saw. Yeah, yeah. Right, good discussion, guys. So we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up there and we're going to quickly move on to some of the other listener questions because some will will lead us into another discussion. Um, So we'll start with the nuclear atoms at particle underscore impact. Uh, one first question. Thoughts on shipping out Torres for someone like Gallagher, who looks like an exciting prospect uh, for Palace. PJ, what do you think about Gallagher? And would, would you ship Torres out now? He hasn't. He didn't play in the last game. He didn't. Play, uh, he started the Champions League. He didn't play last game. If he plays in the uh, in the Cabrera Cup, would you ship him out? Um, uh, if he plays ninety, I might, but I don't think he will. And I think he's likely to play the Chelsea match. Will he score him at? I don't know. Like I said, I think it's an interesting and quite hard game to call. Um, looking at, you know, on paper, it looks like a, a low-scoring game. But we have often seen in the past that these clashes of the big teams can produce kind of quite a lot of goals from nowhere. So I would probably be keeping him. Ultimately, I bought him knowing the risks that went for him. And he did, he did in many ways, um, exactly what you would kind of hope a pep player does when he doesn't play for you which doesn't come on the pitch unfortunately it coincided with a week where almost nobody else came on a pitch either so it meant most players most people were playing only with kind of nine or ten but i'll be keeping him on the other hand though i do really like the look of gallagher i think he's such an exciting kind of player palace don't have the easiest of fixtures um brighton look like a you know um a solid team right now Obviously, you know, they're going to qualify for the Champions League after this start off the back of their XG success last season. So we've got to factor that into the equation as well. So <laughs> I would I would personally give it another week, but I would certainly have Gallagher on my watch list. He's, 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 he's a really exciting player. I liked him last season at West Brom. And I've, I've, when I watch, the, the, I look out for him in the games. I mean, you know, against Spurs, he's, he scored a couple. Or well, not against West Ham, he scored a couple. I think he was he was definitely involved against Spurs. Very, very lively guy. So, yeah, definitely an option. And, and set cheap. paces and everything. So, yeah. you know, uh, he's, he's a great option. I don't think the fixtures are so bad. I mean, they're being made out everywhere as though they are horrific. They are not good at all. Um, And you don't expect Palace to score massive amounts of goals. But it does look like his involvement in those goals is going to be incredibly high. So I think 
particularly if you're looking to make some changes to to adjust your premiums and everything. I don't think it's a, a disaster move to get him in early. You could obviously, if you're targeting him, you hold off until after the worst of it is over. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second part of his question, I'll come back to you, PJ, because you're an advocate of this player, is uh, Sam Max Sam Max getting overlooked just because of the illusion of him being a striker in FPL now. I'm not sure it's an illusion. He's a striker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, it's funny because it's one of those ones at the start of the season. I was like, what the fuck's he doing as a striker? But now he is actually playing completely as a striker. So um, uh, it was uh, quite a prophetic, prophetic, what is that pronunciation? Prophetic? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, of FPL to, um, you know, to obviously kind of move him up there. Yeah, I, I I love the guy. I think it's a great option. The um, the illusion, um, as, as we've already established, probably wasn't the right word anyway. Is more that he plays for Newcastle rather than any kind of positional classification, and he is surrounded by fucking excrement. I mean, Almiron and Joel Linton have got to be two of the worst wide forwards from a actual end product that I've ever witnessed. They just cannot shoot, like in any way, shape or form. They wouldn't get a game at my six-a-side league. I would just say, no, mate, I'm sorry. If you shoot like that one more time, you're out. You know, give a, you know, give a kid with a paper round a chance. Just terrible. How are these players, professional, paid millions of pounds? Anyway, so Maximum deserves better, I think is a great option. And you should definitely, I think, kind of get him in, in your team if you are looking for someone around that price point. But do you not think that part of the – I mean, I love watching him. He is so much fun to watch and great footballer, no question. I think part of the issue is that his injury history, many of us who've gone there – I mean, but it it can be definitely one of those grudge things. People you know. slept work, walk on Danny Ings for an entire season at Southampton. For that because reason, Because yeah. of his injury record. Um, I, I think, you know – uh, but people people have done previously i've done the same with antonio um and he's obviously come through a long period now where he's not been injured i i, I don't think that's a reason not to get him in your team his role has changed in fairness to bruce he gets a lot of stick rightfully so because he's largely bollocks but he has i think got the best out of some maximum he's playing him in, in a very creative role through the middle i think some maximums end product is miles better from what it was uh, you know a year ago he was starting to show this towards the end of last season and i think he's carried on with it and newcastle are going to score goals they're going to concede considerably more unfortunately and could well get relegated but i think they're going to go down in a very entertaining fashion and you know we don't yeah. ultimately care if they lose three two every match from an fpl perspective if we've got less exactly. fighters who are scoring points so yeah no, I said I said last week that against uh, I see uh, that's why I sold Ailing when they were playing Leeds because I I could just see them scoring for because of him and the, the way Leeds defence. But it's the way defenders can't handle him. They they have to double up sometimes on him. He's and that's unfortunately where, as you said, his, the, the partnerships that that he has they can't finish at all. Um, otherwise, Newcastle could could do a lot better. The way he runs at people, his control of the ball at pace is ridiculous. I think he's somebody that I would target when they have a, a an easy run. So when when you think that is possible, then he's somebody that you could look at. Not someone that I would bring in right right now, didn't, personally, but I think he's an option. Didn't Don bring him in? Don did bring him in. Go on, Don. Absolutely. There you right. go. Yeah. Don. The Don. Paving yeah. the way. <laughs> I bet he's still uh, got right. 57 points like all of us, though. Probably. Um, Why are we all uh, twinning the last two weeks? <laughs> He did all right, actually. I think uh, 60 plus. Right. Caden uh, Case at KC underscore 485. Great answers to last week's questions, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. This week's question is about Watford. Could they be the Sheffield United of yesteryear as they have been under the radar? Plus, the next two fixtures look great. Who would you choose from them? Caden, this is really painful. Uh, Not because... Well, I don't think Watford are anything like Sheffield United um, because Sheffield United are for their defensive um, stronghold. But the fact that you just reminded me about Saar and I'll get upset every time I remember that name. <laughs> so, yes, I agree, Watford. Um, I, I don't think they are the Sheffield United. I think they are a team that has uh, two good fixtures because we were talking about uh, weak defence last week and we touched on them earlier with, with Kylie stats. I think they've got uh, Newcastle next and they've just had Norwich. They have Newcastle and the Leeds. Um, 
So I do think Saar is definitely an option at his price. Is there anybody else, guys, that you think from Watford is worth it? So I've seen some people with Dennis. I wouldn't go anywhere near their defence. Mm. No. Uh, Foster think, suddenly started at four million. He, he suddenly started. I don't know where that came from. I think I think there was an injury there. Um, okay. An injury to Backman. Um, because that was a surprise. None of us saw that coming. Um, yeah, Sar is the the standout pick. Dennis is popular as well, and he's quite cheap. But he's just in that awkward price that is higher than complete bench fodder. Um, and so cheap that you can't really stretch to anyone else. So it kind of can have an impact on your your team in so far as how what your formation is going to be and trying to, again, juggle premiums across the park, including those more expensive defenders that we've talked about bringing in. So he just feels a little bit awkward. Saar, on the other hand, is someone who's very easy to bring in for good fixture runs, change him to one of the many other options in that price point, and then bring him back. I, I re- really, I'm not overly interested in any of their other players at this point. That's not to say that somewhere in emerge, okay. but yeah, I definitely wouldn't be looking at them from a defensive okay. perspective. We're all eyeballing yeah. P- them as good fixtures to play. Yeah, PJ, what about you? Anybody from Watford apart from Saar? I think. Well, I think both Dennis and King are potential. Um, King, yeah, that's a good point. Enablers. They've, they've had quite a settled team. And I think if you are looking for, particularly if you're um, someone who wants to play the the free premium route, then, then both Dennis and, and King are viable, cheap forward options to facilitate that. But you would be playing them, right? I assume then that, that that's not someone who's going to yeah, be on your yeah, bench. Yeah, you would be playing yeah. them. But that's the sacrifice. We know that you're going to have to play yeah. The, yeah. the Dennis's or the Andros Townsend of this world if you're going to play Lukaku, Ronaldo and Salah. So that's, yeah. you know... That's fine. I think I think there are options there. I mean, I wouldn't touch their defence with a barge pole, but going forward... I mean, yeah. you did, though, didn't you? Well, you know, I, I did, you know, Randy Shafter, <laughs> as he's been quite public about, but, um, but yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah, fuck off. Well, anyway. Randy, wanted to tell you, Randy wanted to tell you that he got three points of Foster because he had Bashman and Foster as the backup. So when, when Foster, when Bashman didn't play... He got the three points of Foster. And he must be so, delighted. Is he delighted? He was absolutely delighted. He was looking for you. He said, can someone please let him know that I've got three points of Foster? <laughs> Talking about Randy, I'm happy the next question is from Randy. <clears throat> I'm going to try to give this justice. Does Adama Traore cover his arms in oil before every game just so he can fist me up the ass and rip out my soul? <laughs> PJ, what do you think? Wow. Yeah. I mean, my, my thoughts on Adama Traore have, have been pretty pretty well documented. He is the fraud. Have they? Why did, why, I haven't heard them. Why did you not stop me from switching? No, he's, he's been in my, I mean, been in my I team a week for three fucking there. years, Mars. You know, yeah. he never leaves. I've read out countless stats about how many games he's played. Well, it must be about 120 now for his eight goals or whatever it is he's returned. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know why I went there, Kylie. I don't know why I went I genuinely was so confused by the fact that... Honestly, when I saw your team, I was like, why is he playing Traorium? We we were mocking Lynn just a couple of weeks ago about him. I don't know. I just saw the Wolves attack. I thought they have some good fixtures, longer term than Norwich. So I thought, okay. I I literally did this. I said, if Saar is the same price as Traorium, I'm going to swap them. I looked and they were both six months and I'm like, oh, why do you do this to me? You know, because sometimes you want to do something, but then you're outpriced. I, I don't know. Can't. It was a moment I, of madness. I totally understand your logic behind Wolves fixtures. They lured us all in, right? Because I went Semedo and lots of us did that or went yeah, Marcel, me too. et cetera. Yeah. You know, they lured us all in and then they were an abomination, okay, this week. But Traore, I mean, the defence, yeah, but Traore... The man just, we talk about how he's so tricky. We were talking about Alanson Maximin there, right? And how he didn't have end product before, but, you know, he was so great in all of these different ways. There's a lot of that element to Traore and that potential, but the end product just isn't there and it's not improving. If anything, he seems to be going backwards from that season that he had 
um, with wolves where oh, it kind of broke don't, out. Don't, don't, don't Sorry, I am. I just went on a whole rant oh. there. I think it's just this repressed rage I have towards wolves for being so boring sometimes. 13 Sorry, points. Are. I still feel sick, honestly. Like, I know I advise people, and I did what I advise people to do. I just um, decided to come off Twitter or laugh about it with the people that were show, you know, I, f- I felt that talking about it was better. And then at some stage I was like, right, that's it. I'm muting Sar. <laughs> could be worse. You could have had Mount for one point over two game weeks. That's yeah. Uh, right. Uh, little Jason at little Jason. Jota, why is he? Question mark. Kali, why is he? <laughs> why is he incapable of scoring from about four millimetres out of the goal? I don't know. That was very upsetting because, you know, when you watch a match, and you really need a player who's sort of one of your differentials, particularly in my main mini league, really needed him to do something. And when he completely skied that ball, I was just like, that, that's it. There's no way he's getting me anything in this game. He's going to be subbed and I'm going to be crying into my gin and tonic. But that's other than the tears, right, because the gin and tonic was delicious as it was and it didn't deserve corruption. That is pretty much exactly what happened. I'm disappointed. Such a great start the first couple of game weeks. Obviously, he delivered um, goals. The last few, not so much. It's like the minute he got hyped up and the minute that Firmino got injured and everyone was like, we better jump on Jota, i.e. PJ, then all of a sudden he was broken and now he doesn't know how to score. But I wouldn't be selling him. Yeah. He is is approaching Callum Wilson status he is now second in my all-time list um uh I, i'm tragic like this once, once someone continues to disappoint and blank me i kind of go back and think okay how many times the bastard has done it and if it gets more than 10 times I, I i keep a note of it um like a kind of like almost like as a kind of voodoo kind of sacrifice um but anyway so so theo walcott was the first person to do this and then obviously callum wilson got to a staggering 25 game three season run before he finally um ended that curse and actually scored a couple of times for me this season so you know these curses can have happy endings diego Where Jota, do you own callum wilson like i've had him so many times and done well from him no yeah, well, I, only, him? I broke i broke his leg twice you know um that sounds awful taken out of context but um, yeah. Um, anyway, Diego Jota, eighteen times. He's never never returned to me in a Liverpool shirt. Um, and oh you know, here he is, the wolf. Oh. And it's just funny because it's <laughs> look, we all have those players, and clearly, you know, I know Kylie, you do sometimes genuinely believe mm. in witchcraft, and you know, I try to support you through that. But ultimately, <laughs> we all have these players, and they're, they're often different players, which kind of seem to kind of curse us, and we just kind of know. Um, that as soon as we buy them, they're going to stop returning. And they're always these streaky players. And Jota is a streaky player. He's always been a streaky player. He goes on runs of four or five games where he can't stop scoring. And then he goes on runs on four or five games where he misses open goals. And I just invariably always buy him at the wrong time. And now I'm not sure what to do because Firmino's back. I'm going to give him a Brentford game because I don't want to make a transfer. But after that, I, I don't know. I know as soon as I remove him, he will score. That's, that's what it feels like. And it's probably true, which is why I'd mm. rather you do me a solid and sell him this week because he's not in my transfer plans. Unbelievable. Okay, fine. All right. Well, you've got to give me something in return. <laughs> Get yeah. off Ben Rama. Well, I'm also, I'm also no, excuse him, me, Ben Rama. Just... go for the City game. I, I'm not to blame for Ben Rama, as determined anyway, by the fact that he scored for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think Frank, Frank. Frank Walsh has Let's not have a discussion about who's responsible for who over something that we people could go have for people like that three listen hours to don't believe it. Yeah, exactly. Right, next question. FBL Fantasy Phenom. Uh, is it really worth selling Ronaldo for the three difficult matches, 9, 11 and 13 game weeks, out of his run, two of which are Old Trafford? I think that's um, Liverpool, uh, City and Chelsea, I believe. Uh, PJ, so the the big discussion. There's ten fixtures for Chelsea. People want to swap Ronaldo and Chelsea. Is it worth selling Ronaldo? What do you think? I think I think if you're going to do it, you've got to kind of do it and stick to it. Ronaldo does have tough fixtures, particularly that week nine: Liverpool, Tottenham, Man City. That's three games in a row. The Tottenham matches away, where you know Lukaku has much better fixtures. Um, and then we get an international break after that. So those are the three 
that I would think you could probably get away with doing it. Um, if compare that with Ronaldo, those exact fixtures, Norwich home, Newcastle away, Burnley home. I mean, that is that is such a difference. It you is, mean Lukaku? Sorry, oh, yeah. Lukaku, yeah. sorry. That is, that is such a difference. So from the best, excluding Tottenham, obviously, but from the best teams to the actual worst yeah. in the league. It is, exactly. Um, my, my, my issue is that life doesn't always pan out like that. Chelsea are not mm. battering teams. These are mm. around Champions League ties. I still don't think Lukaku is going to play every Champions League game and every Premier League game. He might. I just think with the amount of attacking talent that they've got there, he'll, he might miss the odd game. And if he's going to miss the odd game, surely Norwich at home over a Champions League fixture is one that's more likely where he might get a rest. So I, I'm just I'm just wary. I'm just I'm just wary about that. But I'm not going to talk anyone out of it. I, I think it, I think it's a really it's interesting fair, chapter. Fair in what's coming up in FBL about the people which will do it and the people which won't which won't do it. And, and I'm sure the people who get the decision right will be uh, really quiet and respectful about it. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, the way I say it, look, to me, any premium, in, in, those, easy, in those tough fixtures, the, the way I think about it is, can I cover their points somewhere else or can I deal with them scoring the odd goal? When Ronaldo scores one goal, it's not really going to damage you so much. So against West Ham, it's when they brace on. And normally in those tough games, it's quite tight. And there's one goal or they, they get... Lukaku, well, Lukaku has been bullying defenders. Ronaldo, most of his goals have been defensive mistakes or spills from keepers. You don't get that from the elite teams. There's a difference. It could happen. But you need to think, OK, if I don't have Ronaldo... Is it going to damage me if he scores one goal or will my team and the players that I have be fine? And that's how I'm going to be approaching it and think about it. So I think I'll, at one stage I'll have both of them because I think between seven and nine, Ronaldo has fixtures that I think are good enough. I think it's Aston Villa and Everton. I could be wrong. Where I, I would want him there. But then when he comes to play Liverpool, that's when I can improve my team somewhere else. And then I'm all, uh, that's my plan. But like we said, I'm not married to one plan. But that's my thinking around it. Two questions remaining, and they're both quite interesting. FPL Captain Phil, at FPL underscore Captain Phil, is FPL your life, or is your life a fantasy game? <laughs> interesting one. Kylie, is FPL your life, or is your life a fantasy game? That's, that's a bit, you know, that, that's getting quite philosophical, isn't it? <laughs> uh, my... <laughs> Well, I don't know. I would argue under many other circumstances that life, my life could be a fantasy game. There's lots of wonderful aspects. I mean, dealing with the current situation, I'd argue maybe not. Um, and in fact, for periods over the last year and a half, unfortunately, um, many of our lives have been very FPL focused because we've had nothing better to do, even as we were getting absolutely battered by terrible scores and outcomes. That took a dark turn. I'm sorry. Someone else answered the question. <laughs> P- PJ, what about you? Yeah, no, I'm also supporting um, uh, Kylie into a descent into nihilism. So. <laughs> is, FBO your, is FBO your life or is your life a fantasy game? I fucking hope FBO isn't my life, but it certainly doesn't improve it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice one. Right, uh, Adam, at 3-5-Hoot, to round up the questions. If you try to fail and succeed, which have you done? Adam, this isn't as good as your sandwich question, is it? Uh, the sandwich was so mm. much better. I thought this. I thought this one was easy. Well, I've done all of them. I tried. I failed, and I, therefore I succeeded. So I'm happy. How can you succeed if you failed at what you tried to? Well, do? if you tried to fail, you succeeded so you, at failing. Exactly. You tried to fail deliberately. That's what, for me. If you try to, if you try to fail, and you succeed, which one have you done? But if I tried to fail deliberately and I failed, then I've then I've succeeded in my objective. That it's I all in myself. your perspective. It's all in your perspective. It sounds right? like an analogy for Adama Traore to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does it actually? Stop, stop triggering me. <laughs> oh. This is the kind of thing that they tell you in therapy, or they ask you in therapy when you're coping with all of the fallout of uh, the psychological damage that a bad FPL season has done to you. These are the questions they pose. Right. Well, thank you guys for all the questions. We we welcome all sort of questions, as you can see, and uh, it always makes it more, more sandwiches, fun. though. 
<laughs> uh, right. Let's move on to the uh, last section, which is uh, captains and transfers. Kylie, I'll come to you first. Any thoughts on your transfer and who's going to be your captain this game week? That was a terrible uh, decision to come to me first um, because I don't actually know. I, I've obviously got to wait and see what the situation with both Rafinha and Trent is. I'm hoping that they're fine. It sounds like Trent probably Trent will be. Trent should be fine. I think yeah. Trent will be fine, yeah. Um, but as previously discussed, I don't have a great uh, bench. So I really can't be carrying too many risks, but I'm hoping that both of them are fine. And really, I would like to be getting rid of Mount. He was a short-term pick to just kind of help me get Ronaldo in while I made decisions about who I wanted in midfield. It hasn't worked. So he's quite an easy sell for me. Um, someone like Saar could be a good pick with the next two fixtures. Uh, it, it, it's a bit disappointing because it feels like coming in quite late after the Norwich fixture is obviously such a, a great one, and, and then he did well. But at, he plays. This is a really helpful starting point as far as I'm concerned because the, the Mount issue has been. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how our criteria drops our as really drop. Yeah. <laughs> I just want him to play, guys. <laughs> Does he have both limbs? Is he functioning? Yeah. So, so who's your captain? Um, is it Ronaldo versus Villa at home, yeah. or Salah away to Brentford, or Antonio versus Leeds? I don't know. Like, I think these are the three options. Let's be honest. About I, I, I think that Antonio, the Antonio fixture is the best fixture of the three because Leeds, as previously pointed out, have been conceding a whopper amount of um, attempts and, and shots on target. So I think that one looks quite good, but I'll probably stay relatively boring and go either Salah or Ronaldo and probably Ronaldo just because he's at home. And um, while I don't think that Brent, uh, Brentford are going to keep Liverpool out, it is an away match. Uh, so, yeah. But I'm I'm kind of tempted by Antonio. PJ, do you are you more uh, <laughs> set than Kylie? Who's your captain? You're going to be opposite to everybody. Pending pending injury news, I'm not planning to change anything. Um, these these boys have let themselves down, and often I'm I'm not someone who makes knee jerk transfers after a bad game week. Normally, I tend to try and make transfers you know, kind of too eagerly to kind of capitalise in good scores. Not, not that those happen very often these days. But um, so, you know, I'm, I, I want, I also want to do this kind of mini wildcard, as I've spoken about, post this kind of Chelsea or City game. So unless I feel that I really can't field an 11, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to roll. I've got, I've got a decent bench option. I'm currently benching Ben White, for example, because I'm playing, going to play Liveramento and Marcel and obviously hope for a nil-nil in that match, um, I'm going to give Torres one more game. I'm going to give Jota one more game. Um, I'm going to obviously enjoy what is hopefully a goal fest between West Ham and Leeds. And I will almost certainly be captaining Ronaldo again because I just think the consistency is there. And Salah away to Brentford. I mean, we've spoken about Brentford's defensive prowess. Yes, they've not played at Liverpool yet, but I, I, I can't see Salah getting two or three returns there personally I mean he's always capable of it as we know I mean he's on for a scoring over 400 points if he carries on at his current rate <laughs> so uh you know we'll see I think I think Ronaldo um who will almost certainly be rested midweek as well um with the uh, obviously Carabao Cup so yeah no changes so you, don't, you don't want to you don't want to captain the most underrated player okay that's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh so for me I think look Jesus was always a punt Punt that failed, but that's fine. I don't mind those. Sometimes you just that's that's what happens. Uh, he, he's going for Antonio. It's whether and at the moment, um, Livermento is my first bench, so I don't I, I I'm not that fussed if Rafinha makes it or not because I'm happy with his fixture. But obviously, I want Rafinha to play. But I'm not worried about that. Then it's whether do I stay angry at Terore and let him make up the <laughs> or just bite the bullet and go with what I should have done to start with. Uh, to my man Sa. I don't know. I don't think I want to t- take a minus four. I think I should just stay calm. As PJ said, probably the worst thing is to do is to knee jack. Um, Except when it's Traore who has only scored like negative. Please don't. 
Sorry. Yeah, I will be laughing if he scores a brace against Southampton. He probably will now <laughs> in saying this. He probably. I was actually uh, genuinely Friday night uh, having a few drinks with some friends and um, people in our main mini league, and one of the guys had Odegaard in his team, and I was like, why? Just why would you have that? Why would you have him there? Thank you, um, Kylie. Thank and you. look what happened. He scored. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's see. Sorry. I I can't see it. Uh, now, now that I look at it from my untunneled vision that was on Thursday, um, I, I see the mistake. But anyway, uh, captain is Ronaldo for me. Uh, I think it's it's just a home fixture. I'm not going to overthink it against a defense that has you know they've they've let some big big chances in. Yes, Martinez is back, etc. But I just think um, I think United will will create chances, and then you're just hoping that Ronaldo puts them away. Um, so yeah, that's all we have time for. I have been Mars at Mars05. She's been Kali at Kali FBL. He's been PJ at Hindu Monkey. Please follow our accounts at the Three Amigos FBL. Uh, like, subscribe, give us a five uh, star rating if you like. That's all we ask you for. Uh, stay safe. Uh, don't bring Taro in like I did. And uh, good luck with your transfers and captains in this game week. Adios, amigos. Brave amigos are we